Welcome to episode five of In Your Element, a gaming podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Adler. Today, I'm joined by my guest, Adrian Espinoza. Adrian Hi. is a... Hey, what's up, dude? Adrian is a gaming enthusiast and music producer, recently releasing his first studio album on Apple Music, Spotify, and other services titled The Beginning, The End. Make sure to check that out. Adrian, how's your day going? Um, It's pretty good. I had some chorizo earlier. Oh, nice, man. I love that was, chorizo. Uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> Homemade? Uh, yeah, and I, I actually tried to mix it up a bit. I made some tater tots with it. Ooh, chorizo tots. chorizo tots dude it was like i've never had that before and and it sounds simple because it's like it's potatoes but i don't know it was it was good you can't go wrong with meat and potatoes dude you never can it's a beautiful combination that'll always be like number one in my heart (laughs) well uh adrian why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself i am a multi 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 um diverse brown colored boy which basically <laughs> just means um i have a lot of uh southern american in me grew up in california um lived most of my life in san luis obispo moved over to palm springs about uh, at the age of 16 and just started to recently pursue my passion in music and all things video games and just uh, other arts cool man that's exciting I know I got a chance to listen to your album and it's solid, man. Good first release. It's been it's been really good, dude. It's been really (laughs) cool. Just to see people actually interested is all that like that's what makes it for you, you know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I'd like to let everybody know that In Your Element will be doing its first bonus episode following the upcoming Nintendo Direct. Originally, it was scheduled for today at 3 p.m. Pacific time, but following the earthquake in Hokkaido, Japan, Nintendo has chosen to postpone it. Uh, Natural disasters are definitely no joke, and I think Nintendo did the right thing by delaying this. Um, No word yet on when the Direct will be taking place, but the moment I find out, I'll post it on Twitter so everybody has a chance to watch it. And following that episode, I'll be recording a bonus episode available exclusively for Patreon supporters at any level. They'll have early access available to the show a week before everybody else receives it. So if you want to be one of the first to hear my impressions from the upcoming Direct and other bonus episodes in the future, be sure to head over to patreon.com slash inyourelement and pledge at any level. There's plenty of other cool perks for each tier. And when we reach our community goal of 20 patrons, I'll be raffling off a $50 gaming gift card of your choosing to the winner. And we're already 25% of the way there. So if you want to be included, make sure to support In Your Element on Patreon. Before we begin, I want to take a moment to let everybody know where you can find In Your Element on social media. Instagram is at In Your Element Podcast. Twitter is at IYE Podcast. Facebook page set up over at In Your Element Podcast. And join your fellow elementalists on Patreon, as I just mentioned, patreon.com slash In Your Element. And the Discord server is up and available exclusively for patrons to hang out and chat with myself and the community. And if you have any questions or comments, email me at inyourelementpodcast at gmail.com. I'll email, I'm excuse me, I'll answer your questions from the emails on the next episode of In Your Element. Um, let's go ahead and hop into news where we got uh, some interesting stories this week. First up, Fortnite's new limited time uh, mode getaway is now live along with patch 5.40. This mode places four safes around the island, each containing the precious llama jewel. You must work together with your squad mates to find the safe 
steal the jewel and make it to the getaway car along with three other teams before getting killed. Keep in mind, everyone's trying to do the same thing, so it's going to get hectic. Epic also added the grappler, a gun that shoots grappling hook out of it to pull you up to ledges or onto enemy structures to surprise them. There's also challenges available that allow you to earn XP, a free spray, contrail, and a pickaxe. The wildcard skin that they've been promoting in recent material looks like it's not an unlockable, but rather a purchasable cosmetic of mm-hmm. legendary rarity. Yeah, so that's going to set you back about $20. There's also a special glider that's 800 V-Bucks, or about $8. So about $30 total for the whole set. Um, again, this is a limited time mode, so it won't be available forever. So get in there and loot some safes. Um, Adrian, I know that just posted this morning, but have you gotten a chance to jump into the new LTM? I haven't, dude. I've been super excited though because um, it just—it's very different. Yeah, and I like—I like that they're just jumping into something a little bit like, kind of like when they did the Thanos mode. It's like, yeah, you're in it and you're playing Fortnite, but it's just something kind of nice that you can kind of involve yourself with. Right, and I—it's very different from the theme of this season with like the oh totally like stuff coming in across the different. Um, like times and stuff like they're what are they doing right now with the cube in the game there's like that big purple still don't know what's going on with that it's just like lumping itself around the map (laughs) yeah it's cool to see that epic still has an interesting narrative and something that's like uh it feels like a mini story this ltm within um within the game which is kind of cool so yeah it has that like payday vibe yeah like dropped them in uh dropped them in Fortnite. and when when you first saw that was when they put that like little starter pack up Mm -hmm. of the girl version and i was looking at that and i was super excited i got it because i thought it was really cool and i was sitting there i was like this is so weird compared to like the rest of the season and then out of nowhere they just drop this and it's just like wow it all makes sense now yeah i almost wonder if they if they just have so many ideas that they they don't know like where to incorporate them because this doesn't really fit with the overall theme but it's very much like a theme on its own yeah it doesn't fit but i like (laughs) I like the idea that they have so many ideas that they're mm-hmm. just going to like surprise you. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's right. different if it's like every week there's something like really, really, really random. Like mm-hmm. next week we're all going to be playing as dinosaurs. And then the week after <laughs> that, we have an alien spaceship coming. Like then it'll just be like super bombastic and that might not be very appealing. But right. when you have like a overall theme and then out of nowhere, you just kind of sneak in this weird event. It's kind of awesome. Yeah, I'm down. I enjoyed the Thanos mode. It definitely felt like a, a very small change to the Fortnite like formula. This one feels like a this one huge... feels like it pushes it. Yeah. yeah. At first, when I saw the the mode kind of leaked, um, they they showed off that you know it's going to be the four the four safes around the island, and I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be only four teams as well. And I was like, wow, that's going to be not that exciting because you're not you aren't going to engage you know twelve other players very often, yeah. but the fact that it's all one hundred people on the island all going for the same goal, I can only imagine how chaotic it's gonna get. Yeah, dude, that's like complete free for all. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it, it it's gonna be fun. Did did they release the grapple with this? Yeah, so that's live with this new patch that they just put out this morning. The five point four zero patch. So that's live. Um I'm not sure if that's in the regular game or just in the LTM. Yeah. It didn't say it just said that they added the the grappler. Dude, I'm I'm excited. I'm very excited for that. Like Yeah. I'm very, very excited. Obviously I'm just a fan of like grapple stuff, but mm-hmm. like traversal type of things that you can do in the game. But 
well, I'm more excited about what people are going to do with it that you would not expect. Right. Like I, sent, uh, I sent a video to you and a few others earlier, and it's a guy that um, he's he launches a missile launcher, the guided missile. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he launches it, he disconnects from the missile, but the missile's still going. And he grapples onto the missile, and he starts going midair with the missile. It's wild. It disconnects and does it again and does it again <laughs> and does it again. And he literally scales an entire mountain because he's able to do this. I was literally like, this is what Fortnite is all about right now. <laughs> right? Just breaking the game. Breaking yeah. the game, but like in a great way. Not like not like breaking the map. You know what I mean? Just like right. funny little cheese things. You're just like, you shouldn't be able to do that. But now this is going to make the whole game funner. Right. I'm excited to see what the streamers do with it. Anytime there's oh, a new totally. like, new weapon or new item, they always find like bounce pads. I thought were going to be completely pointless, and they're like and they very, being very huge. Meta. Yeah, so huge. I'm excited to hop into the LTM. We'll definitely have to get a squad together later and check that out. Oh yeah, um, for sure. Moving on to the second story: Octopath Traveler may be getting a sequel or something along those lines. Ooh. This from Chris Carter over at Destructoid.com. He interviewed Square Enix producer Tamoya Asano, who did drop a brief hint on a sequel, stating, We still cannot say anything concrete yet, but we've just started talks on how it ought to be. He goes on to clarify, Our team has been, uh, excuse me, our team has also become a division, the 11th Business Division, and we've obtained more staff members. I think we want to release some sort of game that can be enjoyed by everyone every year from here on. Um, I personally think this is great news. Octopath Traveler was one of my favorite games of this year. And they already crossed a million sales in just over a month, uh, which is great news for a new IP, especially something relatively niche like JRPG category. Uh, I worry, though, about him saying that they want to release something every year since Octopath, I'm pretty sure, was in development for multiple years. So I don't want them to keep churning out these games and creating fatigue in the genre. What are your thoughts? I mean, I pretty much agree. Like, I haven't, the hard part is I haven't played Octopath, but. Because mm-hmm. I'm around you, yeah, and I've seen the kind of like crazy response that you've had towards it, obviously in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, it you want you loving it so much, it makes me want to play it like soon, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. So, and knowing that you went through so many hours, that's nobody invests their time into a game or anything like that mm-hmm. much, um, yeah. for their own desire, unless they really, really, really love it. Right. So, I mean, I can't like I think the game's amazing from what I've seen and I can't wait to kind of like push myself in there. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like the the sequels, yeah, that's scary, dude, because mm-hmm. you don't want it to be kind of like a Call of Duty situation where it's like every right. like Right. This is the same Call of Duty, but now I can double jump or is, yeah. you know what I mean or next year it's going to be in Russia as opposed to this year blah 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 and then, you know, it's it's like the same thing just with like tiny 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 little increments here and there Mm -hmm. that are different yeah yeah, i'm i'm more so concerned about if it again he didn't really explain what type of games they're going to be working Mm, on i don't know if they're specifically working on role-playing games over there or if it's a variety of genres but i mean imagine an rpg game that you enjoy could you see a cycle of that game coming out every year or do you think that's too much it would I feel like it'd be hard to think of it actually happening that way. You know yeah. What I, mean? I right. think inside you'd want it to be that way. Sure. In the sense that like, I can't wait to play it again, but, or I can't play, I can't wait to play like the next, mm-hmm. 
but at the same time, just knowing like the sheer amount that goes into these games and what you have to do to make them, I would just automatically think that it's going to be a little bit longer than that. Yeah, naturally. I would hope so. I mean, I, I definitely yeah. don't want these to feel rushed at all. I, you can tell there was a lot of love and care that went into Octopath Traveler um, from totally. the time that they took, you know, and it shows. Yeah. So anything shorter than a three or four year development cycle seems like it's too too soon. Yeah, you know, and in your a time. sense, you want it to be. Yeah, just mm-hmm. like you said, you want it to be that way because you know that they're putting as much work as they possibly can into this project. Right. And I know they mentioned for Octopath Traveler specifically, they're not looking at any DLC. So I, I you know, I yeah. was thinking, yeah, DLC would be kind of a cool thing to do. Like uh, Xenoblade Chronicles is coming out with their DLC um, later this year. The Torna, um, the I forgot the exact name of it, but Octopath Traveler, another really big RPG at the end of last year. Um, yeah. That's a that's a smart move to release a small, you know, five or six hour campaign, something tiny to add on to that story instead of having to develop a whole nother game a year later. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Cool. Well, um, next story, PlayStation plus members can download the free games for this month. Now destiny two and God of war three remastered. This is just in time for the release of destiny two's new forsaken expansion, which dropped a couple days ago. So far, the reviews look promising for the expansion, most calling it the taken King of destiny two. I'm pleased to hear that Bungie have redeemed themselves and will likely jump back in soon myself. Uh, but I personally have to ask, are they just playing us at this point? I mean, Destiny 1 launched with a lot of hype and people were let down by how bare it was. Then they <laughs> dropped two expansions that didn't really redeem anything. And then mm-hmm. about a year after the release of The Taken King, um, they say that they learned their mistakes and they made right by the community, um, which arguably saved Destiny. And I think paved way for a successful Destiny 2 launch. Um, but after the dust settled uh, on Destiny 2 last year, people started noticing a lot of the shortcomings with that game. And then Bungie drops two more expansions, both of which are relatively weak in the terms of story, not much content, the community's upset, the game continues spiraling downward. And then about a year after the launch, here we are again, like clockwork, they come out with this redeeming Forsaken expansion, which looks dark and gritty and adds the new multiplayer mode Gambit. Um, and it seems to be well received. If there's ever a Destiny three, I hope we don't go through this this, this cycle again. Uh, or I might just wait myself until they flesh the game out a bit after a year um, and release a collection with all the DLC and fixes. But what are your thoughts? Do you think Bungie's just trolling us now because they know we'll buy it all? Dude, in a weird way, yes. But in a <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't think they genuinely mean it. But I keep joking around like to myself about Destiny that it's like the crazy like perfect like ex-girlfriend that you can't get away from you know what i mean because she you it's like exactly like what you said they Mm. give you so much and you and you're so excited and then they let you down and then they give you a little bit more and then it's like no this still isn't really making things better and then suddenly a year later a while later they suddenly bring out this crazy thing and you get invested again Mm-hmm. And just like that, you're like, oh, man, this is so great. This is so enjoyable. I can't wait for what's next, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And then they just do it again. And <laughs> right. right. I know. I, I felt like with Destiny 2 specifically, you know, the game came out and we were all playing it. Our group we're of friends all playing it. Yeah. and we were invested and it. It felt like, oh, wow, they really took away a lot of the grind that made Destiny 1 
so yeah. bad even though there's you know there's it's it's an rpg you're gonna have that grind in there but yeah, no it wasn't what. as right it wasn't as bad as as it felt in destiny one where you're like what's the purpose of this why am i doing this it felt like they refined a lot of that in destiny 2 and then it just it, it just kind of fell apart and i didn't give the expansions a chance i kind of uh I learned from my mistakes the first time around yeah um, waited for some reviews and it looked like it was pretty mediocre. The The waters were kind of, you know, pretty shallow with what they released on that in terms of story. Yeah. Um, so I thought, OK, I'll wait and see what happens with this. And here we are again. So I don't know, man, uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to probably pick it back up, honestly, which is like, <laughs> well, I know, but I, I understand because I, I have it loaded right now. Like yeah. I, I already bought it and I'm yeah. ready to go in. But it's the same. It's like you said earlier, it's if they're going to continue to do this like even though we still support and we still want them to do better yeah even having the mindset of like well maybe i'm gonna have to wait a year Mm -hmm. after they come out with the next destiny to know that i'm gonna enjoy my experience like that's not what we want we obviously want them to do better and Mm -hmm. i hope that it does um but if not like that's just gonna stink (laughs) yeah i really hope if we do see a Destiny Destiny Three, which I'm sure we will at some point, yeah, it seems like a lot of the developers are moving to this games as a service format, where you've got an online community and content that's mm-hmm. continually released to support it. Um, I, I I truly hope that they've learned from their mistakes this time. Uh, I know that we were hoping for that the, the first time Destiny around. Two, yeah, um, but I, I truly hope that they align their development teams correctly. So my understanding is they have. Basically, when they're developing the core game, they've got the team working on that who also work on the two expansions at the same yeah. time. So the reason that it feels like stagnant for that whole first year is because it's the same team working on that whole project. They have a separate team that's working on the next expansion and they don't need to start until a little bit after the game's release. So they start to get some of that community feedback and then say, OK, here's what we need to fix for the taken king or for forsaken and that's why it seems like these these one year expansions are really the sweet spot for them um but we'll see change that i mean i would i it's clearly they're losing they're losing a lot of their community by basically putting out subpar content um you know and charging a premium for it too Mm -hmm. and expecting that people are just going to buy it because it's got the bungee name on it or the destiny name on it so well, and then the whole like, I think what sunk it a lot more in terms of like for people and their mindset towards the game was the fact that you have to have the two previous yeah expansions in order to get this right, which is now what seventy dollars to get in. Dude, I looked. I looked last night. Mm-hmm. I just bought the Forsaken because I had the expansions because I got them on a deal. Mm-hmm. But if you were to buy just the the expansion, the two expansions and Forsaken, it looked like seventy bucks. Yeah, and like I know they're they're giving away the core game, game right now, and I saw there's a promotion at Best Buy right now too, where yeah. if you buy any game under twenty nine ninety nine, regardless whatever game, you can get a copy of Destiny, the first game, Destiny two. I apologize, yeah. um, just the core game for free. So I, I, there's clearly a, a marketing perspective from Bungie right now, where they're just trying to get the core game into as many people's hands, let them play <laughs> through it, let them see the base game and see if they like that and hopefully they can get people into forsaken yeah hopefully we'll see but i know you picked it up you'll get through some of it and let us know how it is 
Oh yeah, dude, I'm I'm pretty excited, realistically, because it it does give me mad Taken King vibes, and I feel like they're trying to be serious. You know, yeah. you, you kind of learn that if you watch mm-hmm. the E3 trailer, they kind of do something mm-hmm. a little ballsy with the mm-hmm. with the narrative, I guess, that I wouldn't really think they would try to do, and it was cool, and I felt like that might be a sign of what they're trying to do yeah. with the overall kind of narrative of what's right. going on here. Well, I I surely wish them luck because I I do like destiny i i've always really had a soft spot for that franchise dude for sure me too yeah. well the final story for this week is of course spider-man for ps4 uh, the game launches tomorrow as we all know and it's been getting great critical reception currently sitting at an 87 over on metacritic i know you and i adrian mm. have been extremely hyped for this game dude, and it looks so like much. yeah it looks like it's going to be a good length campaign as well um, Insomniac Games community director James Stevenson has revealed PS4 Spider-Man takes about 20 hours to beat. This is from Jordan Rame over at GameSpot. To put this in perspective, most of Insomniac's games like Sunset Overdrive on Xbox and 2016's Ratchet and Clank on PS4 have traditionally taken around 10 hours to complete. This game being 20 hours seems like it's going to be on par with God of War, which was an average of 19 hours to complete as well. I feel like this is... Personally, for me, the perfect campaign length. 10 hours seems like it's a little too short to really dive into the characters and mm-hmm. build out the world and story. And then anything above 25 hours starts to feel like a slog fest for a lot of titles. So this 20-hour mark that a lot of developers have been seeming to hit recently, I think is like the perfect sweet spot. Um, I know you and I both put um, a lot more time into God of War than the average uh, since we both got the Platinum Trophy. So oh, we were yes. about... Yeah, we put about 35 hours or so in the game. Um, but what do you think is the perfect campaign length these days? I would say you kind of hit it on the mark. I think 20. I think mm-hmm. 20 is good, especially if you add more side stuff that you don't necessarily need to do, but it's there. Um, right. I think God of War kind of hit that on the money just because like we did platinum it. So that was like extended time like Mm -hmm. outside extended time that nobody really ever has to do that's like totally you're going out of your way at that point but Mm -hmm. main game pretty pretty nice if you want to do the side stuff fight the valkyries you know get the armor sets all that stuff Mm -hmm. totally adds on more but you don't have to do that and it's still an amazing feeling just beating the campaign and knowing where the game's at at that point yeah absolutely spider-man can do that same thing you know, I know it has a lot of different side stuff that involve mm-hmm. like the different types of outfits that you can get, mm-hmm. kind of et cetera, et cetera. Um, if you can, if you're able to do that, get the 20 hours or so out of the main campaign, get it maybe another five to seven hours out of doing the side stuff. And then if it's that good and you want to try to do something like platinum it, I mean, it just it feels like kind of good, you know, mm-hmm. and you look at it from that sense instead of like, well, it's going to take me about 50 hours to beat all the campaign if I want to go through everything. Yeah, then I got to worry about the side stuff. Then yeah. I'm going to be at like 60 hours. Then I'm gonna, that's that's insane, man. Mm, it's not every lot. game can do something like that. I, I agree. And especially nowadays where it seems like every release we're getting is, you know, scoring 7.5 and above. It feels like yeah. I mean, we're in this age of of triple a games and indie games living together and really so many good experiences on so many different platforms it's really hard to play all these games 
Um, no, totally. I mean, <laughs> you you can't totally. ask your 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 audience to sit through a 50 hour campaign anymore because there's so many other games to be playing and you know we all have the same amount of time in a day we all need to sleep some so um (laughs) yeah just a little bit we all have to go to work and stuff so Mm -hmm. our our time our free time besides um you know spending time with our friends and family and loved ones is really limited so I think um, a 20 hour campaign is like a perfect mark if uh, if anybody can continue hitting that and really putting a good amount of content in there that's compelling, um, not filler, you know, not like yeah. a 20 hour game with the side stuff, like just the main story 20 hours, I think is like perfect. Yeah, I think like there's a time like I know um, we're not saying in any way, shape or form that games that are way longer than that are bad, you know, because they're right. not. No, and I think there's there is a need for those types of games and a time for that. Mm-hmm. But I'm, yeah, I feel like for every game to be like that could be a totally different story. Because yeah, just like you said, how long would it take to get through so many of these games mm-hmm. if they were all like hundred hour games? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, insane. Yeah, and and I agree with you. I don't. I, we're definitely not saying that that's a bad thing. I I mean, I just again finished Octopath Traveler at eighty two like hours. Seventy. Oh, eighty. Yeah. 82 was my final my final mark and i I, that was just finishing like all eight of the characters chapter four story so there still is end game content there but realistically it's probably going to be another 15 or 20 hours to get through so so nuts i'm like i've i've gotten what i wanted out of that game and (laughs) i may go back to it at some point because it is so good and finish that up uh but i i there's again so much stuff coming up we got spider-man red dead redemption this destiny expansion that I'm probably going to mm-hmm. end up hopping into amongst all the other stuff that's coming out for the rest of the year. So I'm, Holy. I've, I've gotten what I need out of it. I'm going to move on to the next thing. Uh, but there's people out there that, that don't have the ability to get all of these games. So they really do appreciate a, a, a real meaty 50 hour, 60 hour, hundred hour plus game, um, which is awesome. So to each their own, totally. I, I like to try and, play all of these experiences because i personally like to be in that discussion when it's happening um so that that's just how i personally have always played stuff samesies all right well let's move into the meat of our show um discussing the recent gameplay walkthrough of cyberpunk 2077 so so for those of you who are not familiar with cyber cyberpunk 2077 it's the upcoming game from developer cd project red the developers of the Witcher series, including the recent Witcher 3, which is regarded as one of the best open-world RPGs of all time. Oh, up- show. Yeah. Their upcoming title, Cyberpunk 2077, is a first-person open-world RPG set in a dystopian future. Mm-hmm. Players will be exploring Night City, a fictional city in California filled with violence, gangs, drugs, and sex. You play as V, a customizable mercenary who can be upgraded with different cybernetic implants that give special abilities this game was announced all the way back in 2012, and we've been seeing bits and pieces here and there throughout the years. But CD Projekt Red has been pretty silent about the game up until this recent E3, just a couple months ago, where there was a behind-closed-doors gameplay walkthrough that was shown. After some backlash to the developers, they decided to release the same gameplay walkthrough on YouTube last week. Adrian and I have both watched the 48-minute showcase, and we're going to discuss our thoughts on the game so far from uh, what little we have to go on. So, Adrian, what are your initial thoughts after watching the video? Um, I was amazed. Mm-hmm. 
to be very, very like blunt about it. It was yeah. amazing. Yeah. I loved everything that I saw. Like, I mean, just like from a visual standpoint, you mm-hmm. the minute you start watching it, you're just like super intrigued on what you're seeing, you know, mm-hmm. on the screen. But as yeah. you start to dive into that like 40 minute video and seeing like what they're trying to show you, but then just looking and paying attention to all the outside things that are happening at the same time, it's like, dude, this is a world that I'm watching. This isn't just like a video of, you know, a standard like here's a character going from A mm-hmm. to B. You know what I mean? You're you're seeing this person like walk through this insanely detailed world. Yeah, it and really felt knowing, alive. Dude, it it really, really feels like you're like Blade Runner. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're in this crazy, insane, you know, futuristic, just like almost broken, like twisted, but kind of mm-hmm. beautiful world mm-hmm. such a good vibe that i was getting off of it i was so excited just watching the entire thing yeah i this is like right up my alley with the aesthetic and like the the whole aura that they're going for with uh night city i've been like yeah. really into um a lot of like retro wave and 80s kind of stuff lately i think a lot of that or like passion i guess for that has come mm-hmm. from a lot of it i think from stranger things and just like that show has kind of brought back a lot of 80s nostalgia for a lot of people with the music and just like the the different um, elements during that time frame that uh, people had, you know, pop culture references and things like that. And then we've seen a lot of movies um, recently kind of throwing back to the 80s with Blade Runner. And um, what was the uh, what was the other one that just came out? Like recent. Which one? Recently, like super, super recent. Uh, like last year or earlier mm. this year, what was the uh the game one? <laughs> the game? Oh, the um, oh the 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 VR game basically the one where he's like, oh, Ready Player One. Yes. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how did I draw a blank on that? That game or that? Excuse me. That game. That movie was incredible. Uh, but I think you know we're seeing uh, this resurgence of all of this like pop culture and nostalgia stuff. So this like right now I think is a game that everybody wants or yeah the people that don't want it may not have seen too much about it just because it's been so quiet for five years really so um i i'm incredibly excited as well for this game and i after watching the video had the same reaction um i was a little skeptical at first because they kind of just drop you right in the middle of a mission and you know they've got somebody from cd project narrating it kind of laying out the expectations in the beginning um letting you know that the game is still in development and this is uh not anywhere near what the final product's going to be and they they took a time to uh repeat that numerously throughout the video um as well as they had a little disclaimer plastered at the top of the screen for the whole duration of the video but i think so far the game looks incredible um the graphics are i, I mean this game could come out tomorrow and i think it would It'd be gorgeous it would be it would be just fine <laughs> the yeah, whole dude. the whole city uh night city looks great um it's very vertical which is where a lot of the gameplay is going to be in here the witcher 3 was very wide in terms of the, mm-hmm. the the world you know it was um it was a huge huge map but it wasn't very vertical since it was set in you know a medieval type times they didn't have all these these towering skyscrapers back then so that was a really wide you get on the horse you go for a ride and to the next town this game it looks like it's going to be really condensed, really claustrophobic feeling, really vertical. 
which is something that we haven't seen too much of. And I think it looks like one of the most realistic worlds that I've ever seen in a game. What do you think? It's funny because it's like it's completely like futuristic and not totally not what you would you know expect to see the minute you walk out your door. Yeah. But it's it, it because it's so alive in a sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so believable. You know what I mean? That you right. instantly think like, dude, this is real. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the minute that uh she walked like because we uh in the demo they had her walk out of her apartment or you know mm-hmm. the place that she's staying. Mm-hmm. The second you walk down that like little ramp and you just see kind of just everything go up, you know what I mean? You see mm-hmm. the buildings and where you're at and you're just in like one main building. And mm-hmm. the minute you walk out right there, you instantly see like the vertical kind of standpoint that this game is standing on because yeah. you instantly see like buildings just scraping straight up like they yeah. just tower. You know what I mean? And you look around and you just see people doing like whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Like people were boxing. The other people were selling stuff. The other people were just like, you know, anything you can imagine. And, and games obviously have done that. Like this isn't new, but the mm-hmm. way that they did it. And kind of just like the flow that it brings, it was so believable. Yeah, so I think that's believable. the thing is the the believable aspect. As you said, I mean, look at Grand Theft Auto Five, another huge uh-huh. open world game that came out five years ago plus. Um, a, a huge world, I would say, also a very believable world. But you do yeah. have a lot of these characters that just are like the you know people in the world just walking around. They don't feel like they're really living a life. But I know yeah. they they made a, a point to call out that each person in this game is living their actual life, like their day to day, whatever that may be, they're doing it. So yeah. you, you get this, uh, this environment that feels actually alive because these people aren't just walking aimlessly with blank stares on their face. They have a goal in mind. They have, they're going to work or they're going to their job or they're doing their job and you're interacting with them during that time. Uh, one of the cool things that I, I saw when she came out of the apartment, um, by the way, um, they did show off V in the video as a female. They did um, reveal during that uh, trailer that you can customize your character to be either male or female, which is cool. So you've got um, a ton of customization, it looks like, with the character. The, they showed a, a brief snippet of the character customization screen, and it looks vast, which is cool. Uh, but one one point, she came out of the apartment and um she was going to go purchase like a drink or something from the vending machine and all of the advertisements the digital advertisements around the city um changed to be relevant to to her right which i was like what that's cool (laughs) so whatever you do whatever you're doing in the game i guess you'll see a lot of the world start adapting to you as a character and it really makes you feel um special in a way you know yeah so I I want to bring up the the actual combat and the gameplay that we saw. So we saw the use of um, many different weapons and some of these cybernetic implants used during the demo. Uh, I think the gunplay looked solid and the movement was extremely fluid. What did you think? The in the beginning, I was a bit worried, like the very very beginning of the mm-hmm. video when she's just kind of aiming and shooting. Not that it looked bad; it just looked like okay, I've seen this before generic kind of you kind of know what to expect yeah you kind of know what to expect Mm -hmm. um she was just kind of standing there people were shooting she wasn't really getting hit Mm -hmm. like very very simple stuff like that but the minute that it kind of takes off deeper into like uh when she starts fighting like multiple people Mm -hmm. that's when it started getting like really fun looking to me you know what Mm -hmm. i mean because you have like 
abilities that you can use to make the experience like completely the opposite of being generic. You know what I mean? You have yeah. the you can slow down time a little bit. It kind of reminded me of like a Max Payne effect where you just yeah. like, slows down and she shoots people in their limbs. That was one a really cool part where she would take the shotgun and like shoot people's limbs off. Yeah. And, you, and, and that, the characters they, would like respond to that, like, oh my yeah. god. You know, and yeah, you, that one guy's run, like, My legs. Like he, he literally knew. was like from SpongeBob. He's like, My leg. And just like <laughs> completely blown off. And this dude's yeah. just like falling in midair. It's like, oh, it sucks to be that guy. Yeah. Uh, and you know, she gets like uh that's like super basic too. She gets that like early on, but later she starts getting these insane things. Like instead of just moving side to side, she's able to tilt, she's mm-hmm. able to like double jump. She has like a kind of like a far jump that she was able to do in one of the points uh, mm-hmm. or at one of the fights. Um, she starts to actually use like her modifications, like scanning people and their weaknesses, being able yeah. to like, jam a gun that a character is right. using to completely yeah. mess them up. I want to take a moment to talk about the the implants. Um, so this Cyberpunk 2077 is based off of a board game that came out in the late 90s called Cyberpunk 2020 which I personally have never played nor yeah, I never I, even heard of it. Yeah, I never even realized that this was actually based off of that board game. But I guess in the board game, you um, you do upgrade your characters with these modifications. So that's part of that gameplay uh, on the board game side as well. But um, in the game, I guess there's a there's if you get too many of these upgrades, then you get basically like poisoned. And it's yeah. uh, it damages your character if you if you go too far into the, like the modification scene. So uh, we, they haven't announced yet if that's going to take place in Cyberpunk 2077 or not. Um, yeah. But I'm curious to see. I um, can see it. Yeah, I mean, because these modifications. So just to kind of break it down for those who haven't seen the video yet, it looks like um, basic things like your like what you'd see on your screen when you're playing a normal first person shooter your ammo count for instance that's not there by default the the, yeah. the hud is very clean um there's like no map there's no indication of your health or anything um until you start getting these modifications that basically add these like bars down there that show health and at areas that show your ammo type and your gun type that you have equipped and really like make that make you feel more like you're turning into a robot and they yeah. did yeah they did mention that there's going to be characters that do this legitimately that you pay for these modifications and you know uh, one of the ones they showed in the video is like an optical zoom lens so she can zoom in on the targets and like you mentioned you can scan them and see their weaknesses and and jam their weapons and stuff or hack them uh, but some of these weapons are going to be our modifications are going to be uh, black market type stuff. So mm-hmm. they didn't show any of that, of course, but I, I can only imagine what type of character or what type of like beast you can become with these different um, like government level modifications that are illegal, um, putting those into your character and changing and what that means for the gameplay. I could see it like continuously putting modifications on yourself you kind of start to lose it a bit mm-hmm. you know what i mean it'd be mm-hmm. cool if they played onto that factor because when you the game that you kind of ultimately start messing around with um i think they were called the mailstorm game mm-hmm. mailstorm basically they were kind of that version they were kind of that type of person the ones that just would continuously mod themselves like beyond um kind of human recognition 
and mm-hmm. they just start kind of going into that and they kind of lose it towards that. So it's kind of cool to see that maybe if you continue to modify yourself to the point where it's like, you know, just all in, you know, you might be able to have some crazy repercussions from doing that. Right. I feel like um, there should be there should be some sort of uh, a, a risk for for putting yeah. all of those mods into your character. Otherwise, why not just kit your character out with everything? Right. Just become mm-hmm. this like master assassin that can do anything. <laughs> no, I agree. And I think I think I think they're going to play that as a part of like the story because it makes sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It makes sense. And I know from the beginning they were kind of just talking about like, you know, the whole like man versus machine, what what sets you apart. So it's smart that they would do that and they would make it to where it's like in the game, you're still fighting to see like whether you still want to be more of a human or do you want to lose it with these modifications and, you know, have a high risk, high reward type of situation. Right. So yeah, it, that it, it could be cool. It could that be scene where she actually got upgraded was pretty cool too. Like the oh, dude, the doctor was just like he ripped out her eye. Yeah, and okay. Like, I was gonna bring that up. I was yeah. gonna bring that up. That part, like, that part is like, oh my god. She's yeah, I was at like, oh, that's so creepy because it's all first person. So you see, yeah. like this, this like claw thing come in and take your eye, and all of a sudden you're seeing like <laughs> out into the rest of the world. And he turns it around, and she's looking back at herself with her eye. It's like, oh. Yeah. The minute that happened, I was like, oh, dude, because you you think about it like you're in that if you're in her shoes and you're just like staring at this guy that just took your eyeball out of your socket and just (laughs) placed it on a table as he's like working on your body. You're just like, oh, my God, what is going on? Right. Uh, Yeah. Wild. I love that kind of thing. It's like it's like haunting, Mm -hmm. but it's like it's like weirdly amazing, you know, and like fascinating at the same time. I, I think they'll dive into that pretty clear. You yeah. know, pretty pretty deep. You kind of saw that with just this demo. Right. Uh, I want to talk about the actual story. So we don't know much at this point, but we do know that you play as V. That's the main character um, who's a mercenary. Uh, and it looks like you're trying to just find your place in this bustling world. What do you what do you take away from this video that we saw the limited gameplay walkthrough in terms of story? In terms of story, I thought it was pretty neat because... I just feel like so many games, obviously not every game, there are many games that don't do this, but you kind of see it for the most part where you're always playing the morally amazing character. Right. Right. I know RPGs tend to give you the option to not go that route, but even then, typically, you're still kind of like the main focus is to be generally a good person, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean, And, and kind of be on that forefront. Mm-hmm. Where this game kind of it automatically just starts out like you're in a lot of gray area. There's no yeah. real they never really give you like a black and white, you know, like the the more higher military force, they literally come off like they're the evil people in all this. Right. And you're just you're just one of the rats trying to survive in, in you know, at the bottom of the streets. And um like no matter who you're talking to, you kind of get that feeling like everyone's just here. Like there is yeah. no there is no like forces of good and forces of evil it's like no i'm just trying to survive and i'm trying to make a name for myself so i can uh i can continue to live every single day and do what i want to do mm-hmm. and i like yeah. that it, the game instantly starts you there you know mm-hmm. so there is no like thinking of well i have to do this or i have to i have to do this to make myself seem like i'm a good person in this situation it's more of like what do you want to do because whatever you want to do you can do it you right. know and i got that feeling so much throughout the entire game and i thought that from a story um perspective is really cool because it just kind of flips it up and it allows you to kind of maybe venture into that more than 
you would normally, you know what I mean? You get Mm -hmm. that opportunity to go through Mm -hmm. that. Um, So I really, really love that in terms of everything else. I I know they, they, it's really limited technically on what you show, but it's, it's cool to me to think that maybe you can kind of take over a certain gang or kind of infiltrate one or kind of go more to the military side, like and see what Mm -hmm. you can do with yourself. Right. That kind of stuff is really intriguing to me because it just makes the story different every time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, to your point, I don't really know what the overarching like bad nemesis is in Mm -hmm. this game. They, they did show off a lot of the, like the government people, basically that they were one of the, uh, purpose and the mission that they showed is you had to like uh, go in there and get this robot basically to 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 give back to some like Rick Ross looking guy that like <laughs> sent you out on the mission in the first place. So like who is that guy? Is he good or is he bad? Um and and then the people that were actually in the hideout, those were clearly bad people. They were in yeah. a gang that uh, basically strive to like become they're all human, but they want to augment themselves so they can become robots basically. So I understand like they're bad, but then there's this like weird middle party that's like the government and they have super powerful weapons that they, that you actually get hold of in the demo, a couple of them. Um, and, and the lady seemed like a complete bitch. The main like lady oh, dude, for that. A dick. Yeah. She so I'm like, is she like, is, are they good? Are they the good government? Are they bad? Like, are they, we don't know. Like, so is there a good <clears throat> version of the government or is it just like they're, they enforce you know like these rules and these laws and if you break them they're coming for you but that's really yeah. it like it's just because you're breaking these rules you killed somebody so i gotta come kill you you know yeah what I mean? they felt like the mafia almost yeah <laughs> you get that like vibe heavily especially yeah. because in the demo like even just meeting that that official person uh mm-hmm. she comes off as a dick right away comes off as a jerk but you even find out like her motivations behind what you guys were doing were completely were worse than what they seemed you know what i mean she completely kind of tri- uh tricks you in a sense or sets you up yeah and like obviously your character makes it through it but the whole purpose was kind of to watch both of you kill each other is what mm-hmm. that person basically tried to do right so instantly get this feeling of like who who is really good around here i don't think anybody might be you know what i mean yeah I still don't know if the if V, the character you play as, is good or bad. And I, I think that's up to you to decide yeah. um, in the story yeah, yeah. W- which path you want to go down. I know they, they briefly showed during the that initial meeting with the, the government, like people as they came out of their car, you could approach that mission many different ways. And, and those would have repercussions throughout the rest of the story. <clears throat> and the, the way that, that you go into the mission is basically like, Hey, I'm going to play by the rules. I'm going to go in. I have this money. I'm going to get this bot and I'm going to give it back to the person um, or get it to that person and basically just go in and do the squeaky clean route, which, yeah. as you see in the demo, definitely goes sideways. Never, never goes that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh, but you could have gone in there guns blazing and it would have been a completely different story. Um, how how that changes, I don't know, because we don't know what the overall narrative of the game is. But uh, I'm I'm definitely intrigued at, after seeing this um and it definitely is filling in a little bit more of those gaps of what the overall story is of this game so i know i'm excited for this um it's been one of my most anticipated titles since they revealed it back in 2012 yeah Um, i I just i love everything as i said about the aesthetic the setting but here's the million dollar question adrian when are we going to be able to actually mm. play this game? Is this going to be a current gen game or are we going to see this on PlayStation 5 and the next generation consoles? 
Dude, I, I've watched like so many discussions on this topic, but before before the demo was shown to the public. Yeah. So I think this might change a little bit because one, before we literally just knew that this was a game. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. That was really it. And we We're knew just that taking it was their word. a lot of progress, but we didn't <clears throat> we we had nothing really like concrete to go off of. And suddenly E3, they show the trailer, but then you're like, well, it's a cinematic trailer. That doesn't really mean anything in terms of when the game's finished, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And um, once they talked about what we had talked about briefly when uh, they had mentioned that the game is technically completely playable from start to finish, mm-hmm. you know, and they had reached that point. And then we saw the demo and the demos actually like completely filled. It's not like it's not like super, super, super basic or anything like that. Yeah. Like this game is definitely alive and well. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's too far off as people may have been expecting. I think people were, I, I, I heard so much of like, this game's 2020. You know what yeah. I mean? And I don't know if I could see it being like that anymore. You know, I really don't. Unless they really wanted to push more stuff into it. Mm-hmm. I get it. But I kind of feel like this is this might very well be like the end of next year, maybe mid next year. If Ooh. they if they really wanted to, and it could really still be this gen, yeah. but I mean, that's just because I feel like it's a lot more. There's a lot more progress on it than I originally thought. Yeah. You know, once I saw the demo, that's when it kind of hit me. Like, wow, this, this game's here. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. They're 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 really making work on this game, and it looks amazing. And I, you already get the feel for it, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if it was maybe sometime next year, like late, but it happened to be next year. Yeah, I mean, but I also wouldn't be in terrible like, oh, my God, if it ended up being like next gen. I just it's kind of weird that they'd be promoting a game so much. Right. For I mean, this eight generation, years ahead of know? time, basically, if they yeah. if it does fall to 2020. So I, I here's how I think it's going to go. Man, this is just my personal opinion based on no, yeah. what we've know. seen. I mean, nobody knows when this game's coming. Um, I think that we're going to see more at E3 next year, and I think it's going to be. Uh, a lot more fleshed out in terms of what we get from the story, the characters. Um, I think we're going to see a Bethesda type approach where they show off a good amount, have it playable on the game floor finally, and then say it's out this fall or out this holiday. So I'm, I'm in line with you. I think we're looking at a holiday 2019 release. uh, Personally, I could see it delay to spring 2020. But I think they got to get this game out now, um, out the door this generation. Otherwise, it looks very weird that they pulled it out so early in 2012. They want to show it so, so like in advance. Like we don't Mm -hmm. even know, like we're so far behind in terms of knowing what the next thing might be in terms of consoles. Like we don't really know, but we know what, but then it's weird to think, well, we know what game's going to be for it. You know, it's it's a weird it's a weird I could, yeah, I could also see this taking the GTA five approach of releasing on the current gen and also releasing on the yeah. next gen. Does I, I, that too. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot, you know, Assassin's Creed Black Flag. There's a few other titles that release right on the cusp of the generation switching from previous gen to where we're at now. I could see them doing that with this game as well. Um, releasing, I, I think we're looking probably at a 2020 release for whatever the next generation of consoles is. It oh, yeah. seems it seems sure. likely that it's going to be that 2020 time frame we've heard so much about. I so feel like I, if we if there was a console coming out 
next year, I felt like we would have really kind of heard about it at this point. You know yeah. What I mean? Because they I want mean, you to know that type of stuff. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if we're going to hear about new consoles at E3 next year, but I mean, if they are going to be 2020, that's the time to do it. I don't think they're oh. going to just, I don't think they're going to wait until June of 2020 to announce them and have them out that holiday, but they could, you never know. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. who's who's gonna pull the trigger first it's interesting yeah. to see microsoft seems like they're already rumbling with um some sort of a new like streaming type console so you you figure that's gonna probably come out sooner than later but i, I i'm thinking 2020 for the next generation of consoles and i'm hopeful and also thinking that this um cyberpunk 2077 is going to be fall of 2019 or holiday 2019 I, I hope so. Like, I just genuinely, I also hope that the consoles don't, like, I hope that it comes out 2020, you know, I don't want, I kind of don't want it to come out next year. That's just me personally. Oh, you know, yeah, it could be, no. It could be different for everybody else, but I yeah. personally feel like we could still get a good amount out of yeah. what we have right now. I don't think we've hit the ceiling yet on these consoles, which is yeah. the, the issue. So, I mean, you look back at the PlayStation 3 generation, um, near the end, you got The Last of Us, right? That game mm-hmm. really pushed the hardware. Grand Theft Auto V really pushing that hardware to its limits. And I think that's when you started to see, like, all right, it's time to take a step forward. Yeah, you know what I mean, like, yeah, we... I mean, those were huge games that were really yeah. pushing the power of those consoles. I don't think we've hit that ceiling. I mean, we've got the PlayStation Four Pro, Xbox One X. Those con- consoles just came out within the last couple years, and those are supposed to elevate the current generation beyond where they're at. We're still yeah. we don't even have games that are exclusive to those consoles. And I know both uh, both companies said that they want to make sure that any games created are for all of the consoles. So, so there's not just going to be PS4 Pro games and Xbox One X games. They want to make sure that it's an upgrade version of that game, but not a game exclusive to those. But mm-hmm. I mean, with that being said, I don't think I think that's limiting the developers of any game, whether it's first party or third party to create these games that have to work on both platforms. Um, that is, so I, that is I, the weird thing. Yeah. So I don't think we're really, we're, we're like pigeonholing the developers into creating a kind of a, a subpar version of what they potentially could produce because it's, they have to cater to the, the regular PlayStation Four, regular Xbox one and the pro versions of those consoles. So I don't know. I, I, I agree. I think next year would be way too soon. I, f- I still feel like this generation I, yeah. is so new. Like it doesn't feel like it's wearing on. I, I felt like the end of the PlayStation 3, Xbox 360 generation, like you like felt you like were, it was the end. Yeah, you, you know? were genuinely like excited. And yeah. you, you had this weird like, oh man, X- or Xbox 360 and PS3, like you done good. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you done good. I had a good time. It's definitely time to move on. Like, let's you know, get that like, new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you knew, you know, everybody kind of knew they felt it. Where the PlayStation, the PS4 and the Xbox One, like, I don't know. They just, they still feel like they're here. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's their, it's their time. And, and I can't wait to play the next thing on my PS4, whatever, whatever. Yeah. You still feel that. You don't feel like, man, this, I, won't, I got my old rusty bucket over here. Like, I'm still playing stuff on. I don't know, who knows when they're going to make a new one because, you know, we need it. You know, we don't, we right. don't have that type of, uh, I've never met anybody so far that really honestly has that type of feeling towards mm-hmm. any of these consoles. Cause I don't think we've had anything to really challenge that. Just like you said, maybe cyberpunk could be that challenge, but 
that's still the only game. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that could be that's still looking like it's going to be a while before it comes out, like we just talked about. So right, and they still have to make that game run on the base Xbox One, the base Ex- PS4. Exactly. So it's it's not going to push the boundaries of the consoles still. So I highly doubt it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Adrian, I want to thank you for joining me today. It's been a pleasure holding, uh, having, excuse me, your insight on um on these titles. You can as hold well my as, insight any day. Hey, I hold your insight <laughs> close to my heart, my guy. Um, oh, why don't you take a moment to let everybody know where they can find you online? Um, so my name uh, on social media, I actually go by a different name. Kind of sounds a little weird when I say it like that. But my <laughs> first name is Adrian. My last name is Sterling. Um, that's my dad's last name. And so uh, when you're looking for me on social media, I actually try to make it easy that way. All my tags for social media are always AD2 Sterling. So um, just AD for Adrian, number two, and then Sterling. So I usually go crazy on my Instagram and my Twitter. Those are my two that I really uh, love to just be on all the time. Not sure Mm -hmm. why, but they're both actually under the same handle, AD2 Sterling. You can look me up, follow me. Um, I have a uh, album out right now and just an art, uh, artist profile in general on almost every platform. And it's just under Adrian. So A-D-R-I-A-N. But the only trick is the A's are V's. So it's actually V-D-R-I-V-N. And uh, you'll find that I have an album called The Beginning, The End. Like kind of we talked about it earlier. Mm-hmm. And then I also have a, a single out called Experiment. So check that out. You might like it. You might not. Yeah. You never definitely know. Definitely check it out. It's yeah, good I also stuff, have, it's, 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 it's not bad, you know? I also have <laughs> a, um, a YouTube, because I do love video games. Like yes. Found out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, my YouTube is actually under Sanctified02. That is my, uh, that's been my gaming handle since I was like 12. And I'm probably going to always keep it that way. So yeah, uh, feel free to check that out too. Um, you'll find... You'll find my boy Matt, me, and a lot of our just uh, really close buddies all gaming on there. Many, 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 a lot of Fortnite videos. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just some good times. Yeah, dude, and you do a good job cutting those all together. It's uh, it's always fun to watch. They're yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty good times. We're we're a pretty fun little group. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Cool. Well, if you have any questions for the show, email me at the email address in your element podcast at gmail.com. I will answer your questions on the next episode if you would like me to. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on whatever podcast service you use to listen to In Your Element. And also take a moment to drop a five-star review on iTunes or in the Apple Podcast app. It definitely helps out with discoverability for the show. And also a reminder, visit patreon.com slash inyourelement and support at any level to receive the bonus episode after the upcoming Nintendo Direct and all of the future bonus episodes a week before anyone else receives them. There's other perks for different tiers as well. Check it out. Until next time, see you later, Elementalists. Later.